Today's scripture is 2 Samuel 7, verses 1 through 14. It's God's covenant with David. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, says the Lord Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more, and evil doors shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come forth from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will punish him with a rod, such as mortals use, with blows inflicted by human beings. The word of God for the people of God. Lord, we thank you for your word to strengthen us, to guide us, to reconcile us, to bring us ever closer to your throne of mercy and grace and justice and peace. Let us hear your word and let us hear your Holy Spirit speaking to us its meaning for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a tough passage. What do you do when everything you've done is right and God still says no? I've actually encountered that a few times in the church. I visit a lady in the church almost first thing right out of her mouth. Steve, I tithe. I go to the women's group. Why would God do this to me? Like we are exempt. I, I am 
so glad, I am so thoroughly convicted that when pain comes and it rains on the just and the unjust, I am so glad and thankful that I can say, I don't know what the rules are. God is God and I'm not, and God has not told me those rules. God does not answer to me. I answer to God. I'm so grateful that I can say, but whatever the rules are, remember, he knows what it's like to lose a child. He knows what it's like to see a child suffer. So he doesn't even break the rules for himself. David had a great heart. And his heart was filled with good intentions. He was focused on God. He wanted to build God a home, a palace. David's desire was not to receive. David's desire was to give something back to God in gratitude. Because God, who had given him so much... And maybe that's the lesson for us today. What's our prayer like? Prayer life like? Is it all about God do this, bring this, make this happen? Receiving? Or is it God, what can I do today to delight? your heart about giving in gratitude to God. David had no ulterior motives that we can see. He wanted God to be exalted and wanted the Lord to receive glory and honor. And David's plan to build God a house was such a good idea that even Nathan the prophet told David to go ahead and do it. There was just one problem, one small problem. God had one word for the king and for prophet David. Wrong. They both got it wrong. Their hearts were good. Their motive was good, to honor, to praise, to give thanks. And God says, are you the one, David, to build me a house? Have I ever asked anyone to build me a house? Did I ask for a house from the judges or from Moses? Have I ever asked anyone anywhere at any time to build me a permanent dwelling? Do you hear what the Lord our God is saying? Are you staggered by the the powerful, the incredible, the almost unimaginable hope that God puts on full display here? I am God who travels with his people in all their topsy-turvy here and 
and their journeys and wanderings. Do my people live in tents? Then so do I. Are my people a pilgrim people on their way to the land of promise? Then so am I. Their pilgrim God who shares the rigors of their journeys with them. God with us is still God with us. King David and prophet Nathan got it wrong. They chose the wrong house plan. David, I'm going to build you a house. To many generations, I am going to build your house. It's the Davidic covenant. It is the promise of God that great things are coming and greater things by far beyond that. Jesus, we hear at Christmas time, Jesus of the house and lineage of David. Oh, how God keeps promises. How trustworthy and reliable our God is. The thing is, most, if not all churches, are familiar with the Davidic experience. We need to build this church so we can keep preaching and proclaiming and praising Jesus Christ for generations to come. We need young people. Look around. Anybody here agree that we need young people? Yeah, we need more children. We, we have one of the best children in the world. She is so faithful. She could use a few friends who need to know about the Lord. We need more tithes and offerings to provide for the ministries of this place. Worthy goals, noble goals. Faithful goals filled with good intentions. But are they what God wants? We've got to have the right house plan. One of the things the Outreach and Evangelism Committee is, is doing right now, learning right now with the help of Chris Lynch. Chris is our district congregational specialist. He also works with youth in the conference. People in our pews and money in our offering plates are certainly goals on which we can agree. But those goals are not our Christian calling. We need your body here. We need your children here. We need your money here. But evangelism is not about our needs. A church who is talking that way is in survival mode. They might as well close their doors now. Because God did not give us a faith that just barely ekes by, that is called to survive. No, we are triumphant people. We are Easter people. We are victory people. When we trust God to build the house. 
In fact, most people hearing those things I just mentioned, we need your body, we need your money, most people hearing that would run for the hills or for the next church down the street. Noble intentions, in many ways faithful intentions. And God says, wrong. Evangelism is about others, about their need for God, their need for love, which is something this church offers quite well to the stranger. Their need to be transformed into disciples that will change the world because they have experienced the grace of God. That is our calling. That is our sacred, beautiful calling. Here's the question. Do you think we can do it? As Harry was so kind to point out this morning in Sunday school, some of us have a bit of snow on the roof. In case you're not getting that, let me put it another way. All of us are older now than we've ever been before. There's one, only one way left for me to put it, and I'm not going there. Just read between the lines, and you'll figure it out. Can we do it? Well, read these verses. God has a plan. God is still our pilgrim God who journeys with us. So what does God want us to do? That's the question, isn't it? That is always the question that must be on our minds every waking moment. What does God want us to do? Can we do it? I honestly don't know. But I do know that God can. Look at these verses. They're not about what David did for God. They are all about what God did for David. And still does for all the children of God. And even beyond and beyond. God can build the house. And God will build the house. God said no a lot of times in Scripture. He said no to King David's plan. He said no to removing Paul's thorn in the flesh. In fact, he said no to Paul three times. God said no to Moses upon entering the promised land. God said no to Jesus when he prayed for this cup to be taken from him. But only because God, and you need to hear this, only because God already had a greater yes in store for all of them. Just ask Elijah. When I, Elijah wanted to die, God said, wrong. And today, Elijah is known as the greatest of all the prophets. Don't get me wrong. We will do our work. We will have work to do. But it is God who will build this house. 
Praise be to God forever and ever.